a couple of weeks ago, Sarah and I were uh, in our front room on our knees just praying and uh, asking the Lord to help us with some of that adjustment and transition because we, we came out of a context where the, the spiritual temperature was so high and so strong. Every week we were seeing people come to know Christ. The conviction of the Spirit of God in people's lives was so strong. It wasn't abnormal to see healings. It wasn't abnormal to get a sense of, of a word of God and a word of knowledge uh, and some of the miracles that we saw even happening within Saudi society. Um, and we saw the Spirit of God moving not just in believers' lives but unbelievers' lives as, as well as he, as, as he drew them to an understanding of Jesus. And, and Sarah came to me and, uh, when we were praying and she says, Ian, she says, it feels like physically in Saudi we were in the desert but spiritually, we were in the rain, the latter rain. But we come back to the UK, and physically, we're in the rain. People know where I'm going. But spiritually, <laughs> it feels like we're in a desert. But the word of the Lord came to us, and he says, and the word of the Lord came to us, and he says, I'm going to make a river in the desert. And that is, a, 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 when, when people who know their Bible, the latter rain, the flow of the Spirit, the river of God is talking about the Holy Spirit. And that's one of the differences and distinctives that I notice. There's many things that I notice that are different when you look at revivals that are happening right now around the world. We see that one of the differences is the, 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 the confidence that people have in the work of of the Holy Spirit, whether it's the confidence that people have in believing that the Holy Spirit is doing a work in unbelievers' lives, or the confidence that people have in the Spirit of God within them, leading them. And, and God was dealing with me about Romans 8, which Ian spoke about this morning, that those, those who are led, leadership, governance, those who are led by the Spirit of God, are the children of God. And there should be that sense of inner witness and leadership that we sense as, as the people of God. And if we can see that and connect with that as a church, then the spiritual temperature, I believe, of this house will increase and we, and, and, and we will sense God's spirit moving amongst us. And, and it was interesting at that time, I'm being told that the FMC conference, Sue, is called Spirit-led. And that's one of the three values of free Methodist churches. Now, I'm coming from the outside into free Methodist churches, but one of the three values of FMC is to be Spirit-led Spirit people of God. And I think, church, it's time that we start being what we keep claiming we are. How many people would agree with me there? Amen. And so that's why we're launching this series soon. Great. So next four weeks, looking at different aspects in the morning and then in the evening, we're going to be looking a bit deeper and just perhaps picking up some questions that we feel um, you guys might like to ask. But if you do want to ask us any questions about the Holy Spirit, please do email Vicky in the office or get in touch with one of us and we'd seek to um, look at those answers across the coming weeks. But we're just going to watch a video now that um, really looks at who the Holy Spirit is. Thanks. 
In the beginning there was God. The earth was empty, formless, dark, and the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. And God said, let there be light. So there was day followed by night. With each new day came new creation, vast oceans, the vaster sky, the earth green and growing. The Spirit of God, the Creator Spirit, brought out of the chaos of the cosmos, out of disorder, order, out of confusion, harmony, out of deformity, beauty. The cosmos, galaxies, the sun, the moon and every star, creatures of every shape and size to swim, fly and roam the land. Then God created man and woman in his image and breathed life into them. And God sent his spirit upon his chosen people to guide them, to give them gifts for a particular time and purpose to fulfill God's work on earth. God sent his spirit upon a man called Bezalel, giving him the gift of creativity and artistic knowledge to craft and shape precious metals and gems into art, into a house for the Lord. The Spirit of God came upon Gideon, a weak and fearful man, so he became a brave warrior who saved God's people. Samson, who was taken prisoner, God sent his Spirit to give him the extraordinary strength to break free from the ropes tied around him. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power. The ropes on his arms became like charred flax, and the bindings dropped from his hands. God filled others with his Spirit for prophecy, to be his mouthpiece, bringing direction and hope to his people. The Spirit came upon Isaiah to bring good news of hope. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Upon Ezekiel, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Through the prophet Joel, we learn who this promise is for and how it will happen. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. God's promise was that he would do something new. Not just for particular people at particular times, for particular tasks, but for everyone, all people, regardless of position, age, gender, ethnicity, and race. Then, with the birth of Jesus, it was like a trumpet sounded, and everyone surrounding the birth of Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. Mary, the mother of Jesus, Elizabeth, Mary's cousin, John the Baptist, and then Jesus at his baptism. The Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form. Full of the Holy Spirit, he began to teach, heal the sick, bring freedom to the captives, to heal the brokenhearted. So often what happens in the Old Testament in a physical way happens in the New Testament in a spiritual way. As Bezalel was given the skill to craft and design the temple, the Holy Spirit always brings new things to our lives new attitudes, new desires, new ways of worship, new songs. Whatever you do in your workplace, 
the Spirit of God wants to fill you with skill, ability and creativity. Like Gideon, God uses people who feel weak, inadequate, ill-equipped. As God's Spirit gave Samson physical strength to break free from his bindings, so today the Holy Spirit brings freedom to break the habits, the addictions, the things that keep people spiritually bound. The Counselor, the Helper, the Gift Giver, the Guide. The Holy Spirit softens our hearts. He takes away our hearts of stone and gives us hearts of flesh. The Holy Spirit who helps us to break free from bad habits also harnesses a desire to love others and to help those in need, the poor, the brokenhearted, the captives. The experience of the Holy Spirit is not only about what is felt, but also about making a difference in the world. He can use you. Great film with great explanation about the Holy Spirit there. So much for us to um, take on board. We heard there that the Holy Spirit was relevant in the Old Testament. It was relevant in the New Testament. But what about us here in Preston in 2022? Is there a role for the Holy Spirit in our lives today, do you think? Do you want me to answer? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I don't know about you, but when you, when you watch something like that, um, that, by the way, is taken from um, the Alpha course. And, and one of the things we do as we go through Alpha is everybody says, I can understand God the Father, I can understand Jesus, this Holy Spirit. Um, but when you look, you know, as it, as it shows there, when you look at the Old Testament, you look at the New Testament, the Holy Spirit's been at work from the beginning. You look through right the way, as I was saying this morning, right the way through the New Testament and even to Revelation, which is talking about end times, the, the Holy Spirit is still there at work. So why wouldn't he be at work here today? Um, and why shouldn't we be asking for him to come into our lives? And, and I think what we often... As I was saying this morning is we, we often distance ourselves from the Holy Spirit because we don't understand who he is. And hopefully what this, this series will do is help you gain an understanding of who the Holy Spirit is and how he wants to draw alongside you and me, enabling us to be all that we can be for God um, in our lives. Um, as it was saying there as well, you know, that, that it's not just about, oh, you know, I get, I get a real buzz and I get, get this filling of the Holy Spirit. So when I'm here on Sunday, it's as important on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday as it is on Sunday. In fact, I would even say, go as far as to say even more so that actually there's something special about when we come here. But when we're out there as well, it's equally as important that we know the Holy Spirit guiding us. Because once we, you know, we're, we're, for most of us, we're, we're in church maybe four or five hours on a Sunday. The rest of the week, we are being bombarded by influences and voices that are not of God. So we need to be coming to the Holy Spirit time and time again to receive from him. Um, words of wisdom or you know, guidance or whatever it is, or just that sense of peace in even the most difficult situations. You know, I said this morning, um, it's the same Holy Spirit that when we're feeling like we're on top of the mountain as when we are in the deepest, darkest valley. He's still the same. He wants to guide us. He wants to help us. He wants to counsel us. He wants to equip us. 
um, in every aspect of our lives. Thank you. So if this Holy Spirit is relevant for us today and is available for us today, um, I'm sure folks here have, have perhaps been into churches where there was, as soon as you go in, there's somebody speaking in tongues, there's somebody giving a prophecy, there's somebody um, uh, praying for healing. Do you think it's just for that kind of church or is it for us too, Ian? Yeah, let me just pick up on that one. So <laughs> um, let me just... Let me just challenge the presupposition behind that question, uh, uh, Sue, because that presupposes that there's different types of Christians, the Christians that have the Holy Spirit and the Christians that don't have the Holy Spirit. You can't actually be a Christian without being regenerated by the power of the Spirit of God. It takes the Spirit of God to do a work in you. So by definition, all Christians are charismatic or those kind that we talk about. Um, and so but by definition, the Spirit of God comes in and changes us and fills us and regenerates us and does a work in us and, 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 and brings us out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. And as Ian's text was this morning in Romans 8, where it says that our spirit, which has been made alive by the Holy Spirit, our spirit then witnesses and has a witness, bears witness with his spirit that we are the children of God. And then, and then Ian quite rightly says, and there's this, on the inside of us, we hear that Abba, that Father, and we become alive to an awareness and a conscious awareness of the fathering of God uh, in our lives. And so, so it's not just that there's some churches that have the Holy Spirit and other churches that don't. It's that every believer in every church has the Spirit of God. And then we can grow in that relationship. And we can understand how to walk with the Spirit. So Paul talks about we can walk in the flesh or we can walk in the Spirit. And we can understand the gifts of the Holy Spirit and we can take on board his presence and we can take on board his leadership, those who are led, the leadership of the Holy Spirit uh, in our lives. And so there's always more to discover about the Holy Spirit. It talks about come Holy Spirit, come. Continue to bring governance and leadership. And I think that's a key thing for us to get on board. That's what we're talking about being spirit-led, those who are led by the Holy Spirit. And there's always a challenge. There's always a conflict between my flesh that doesn't want to lose control. I want to keep control and the Spirit, and allowing the governance, the leadership of the Holy Spirit to take on board and come into my life and have an influence in every area, my health, my emotions, my, my mindset, my relationships with other people, my finance, every area of my life, I want the Spirit of God to bring leadership into every area of my life, and that's open for every believer, the empowerment of the Spirit, the fellowship of the Spirit, every aspect of the Holy Spirit is open for every believer. So, so it's not some churches have it and some don't. Every church can have it. Great. So it's not um, just for um, Bible times. It is for us here and now. It's not just for some churches and not us. And you're saying it's for everybody so it's not just for the leaders those who preach those who teach it's for everybody yeah that's what we're saying 
Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I don't want to hog everyone else talking <laughs> here, sorry. But, but, but that's a really important part. And, and it's really important because it's not just for leaders. It's not just for ordained pastors. Um, it, it's, um, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came on key people that God wanted to use. The, the, the Holy Spirit fell on key people, different prophets and different kings were anointed by the Holy Spirit to do a particular work, but Pentecost changed all that. And we're going to be celebrating Pentecost in three weeks' time. It, it was as if the Spirit of God was democratized, if I could put it that way. He fell upon everybody. That was fulfilling Joel 2, wasn't it? Joel 2 says that I'll pour out my Spirit on how many people? All people. All flesh. And I will dwell in them and I will teach them and I will guide them and I will lead them. And that's what happened on the day of Pentecost that the Spirit of God fell on all people. So now it's open not just to a chosen few, not just to special holy people and leaders. It's to all the children of God who accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of their life, that the Spirit of God can come in them and fill them and empower them. Great. So one of the things we look, um, Ian mentioned this morning is that we um, often we can identify with God as our Father, and we accept that, and we look at Jesus as our Savior, and we can understand that. But then there's the Holy Spirit, and we want to... Um, Part of this series is saying we want to get to know the Holy Spirit. And I guess for some of us, we'd be saying, well, I am a Christian. I know God is my Father. I am a Christian. I know Jesus is my Savior. But I am a Christian. Am I? How do I get to know this Holy Spirit? How is the Holy Spirit? How can it be part of, of my life? And um, where can I get the Holy Spirit? How do I get to know him? Thoughts on that? Graham, have you? Yeah, very interesting, um, really. How can I know the Holy Spirit? Um, I, I suppose I was brought up in a classical Pentecostal church, so my background's a little different than some, um, which really meant that in, in a church to hear um, messages in tongues, prophecies, interpretations was almost commonplace. To hear a congregation worshipping in the Spirit was absolutely phenomenal to hear a lady play the organ with the spirit no tune that we'd ever known but simply to pray as God touched her and moved through her that was my upbringing and so um, I'm really thankful that while some of you will think oh that seems strange that seems a bit, a bit odd to me it was normal and I think thank the Lord for that that I can experience his presence with me every day of my life, wherever I am, we can communicate with God and he can speak to us and lead us and guide us in our decisions and what we do. It's a walk with Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. And the character of the Holy Spirit has not changed. He's like God. It mm. continues the same. Mm. He's loving. He's kind. He wants to be a part of our lives. He wants mm. to come and be an indwelling influence in all that we do. Great. So can we just get to know the Holy Spirit in a church building? Is that where we experience the Holy Spirit? Or can we get to know and experience the Holy Spirit anywhere else? Absolutely, anywhere. I mean, if, if you ever come on Alpha, 
the number of testimonies on Alpha. So, for example, there's two testimonies of two uh, hardened criminals, um, one, one of which had actually stabbed a prison guard and was in solitary confinement. And he just literally got to the point where he ended up going, well, I don't know how he, he was in solitary, but then when he came out of solitary, he ended up going on an Alpha course. And he went back to his prison cell one night and he just went, God, if you're real, I hate myself and I need you. And the next morning he woke up and he was a completely different guy. He said, just from the inside out, he said, it just, this, just this sense of peace and this sense of love like he'd never known in his life just welled up. There's another story of a, of a man who actually was more or less pronounced de dead in hospital and these Christians went to, who had been, he'd been homeless and they prayed for him at that moment and he just suddenly sat up in his bed and he just knew that the Holy Spirit had, had, had impacted his life there and then. And, and he, he, he never touched alcohol or drugs or anything ever again. And it was just, you know, that's just, so, you know, it doesn't mean you have to be in church. You can be in your, your own bedroom. You can be out on the street, wherever. God can impact, you know, the Holy Spirit. You can meet Great. with him wherever you are, even in the workplace. Yeah, brilliant. My own, my own brother, um, we've been in receiving meetings as young children, 12 years old and around that time. And... Um, I'd been filled with the Holy Spirit, and he was desperate, a bit older than me, so it's always narky when your younger brother's first, <laughs> isn't it? Um, but he went home, uh, it was after Sunday school, he went to his bedroom, he said to mum, I'm not coming out of here until I've been filled with the Spirit. Mm. At about quarter past six, when it was time to go to the service in the evening, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. But he had such a hunger. Mm. He wanted what God would mm. give him. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So the Holy Spirit's available for us all, wherever we are, whenever, no special place needed, no special um, equipment or anything like that. It's just available for all of us, which is fantastic news for all of us, isn't it? Uh, it meets us where we're at. Go on in. Uh, let me just jump. Uh, yeah. So, so just going back to the uh, question, Sue, how do we get to know the Holy Spirit? And I think my answer to that would be the same way as we get to know any other person. The Holy Spirit is a person, the third person of the Trinity. And that's one of the emphasis that Ian spoke about this morning. The Holy Spirit can be grieved. The Holy Spirit speaks. The Holy Spirit has will and intentionality. Um, he's he's a, a person. And we, how do we develop a relationship with anybody? Well, we spend time with them. Mm. We spend time in their presence. We get to know uh, how they flow and what, what grieves them and what brings joy to their heart and, mm. um, and we, we speak and we communicate and we share and we do life together um, and, and, and to the degree that you spend time with someone and you open up the secrets of your heart to someone, mm. to that degree you become more and more intimate and more and more close with that person and that's the same again. Mm with the Holy Spirit, you're, you are dealing with the third person of the Trinity, you're dealing with God, the very nature of God himself, but yet he wants to be drawn near to us, mm. and he wants to have, and so one of the key things that you read in the Bible several times, especially in the epistles of, of Paul, the letters of Paul, he talks about the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Mm. 
the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, the connection, the intimacy, the relationship that we can draw upon him. And I think that's one of the greatest places of security, the greatest place where you get perspective and power in life, the the place where you come to a place of anchorage, you know, where the storms of life come on you, and yet you can come to know the peace of God. Let me just tell a quick story. Um, uh, it's not my story. It's a, a, a lady who comes to this church. She's a, a wonderful lady I've got to know. Called, um, and she, she shared a story with me. She's, she comes from a, a high church background. Uh, and, and, um, and she said that she, ha- she struggled with this whole conversation about uh, hearing God's voice and the inner witness and being led by the Spirit. But she told me a story the other day. She said, Ian, she said, I was going through a really t- painful, difficult time in my life. And she knew that what a member of her family was praying for her. And, and she said at the time that she needed it, she sensed the very peace of God. And she actually said to me, Ian, it was, it was the peace of God that passes all mm. understanding. So, Judith, mm. thank you for that story. Wherever you, wherever you, wherever you are, mm. um, and so that it's in the in that moment as you fellowship with the Spirit of God, you can uh, the Spirit of God draws into your life God's perspective, God's power, God's security, all the fruits of the Spirit: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, meekness, gentleness, self-control. Mentioned in Galatians five, all those things start to develop on the inside of you, bringing security and anchorage to to to, to your inner life. And so, how do we get to know the Spirit of God the same way as we get to know anyone? Right. Um, some people talk about baptism in the Holy Spirit or an encounter with the Holy Spirit, experience of the Holy Spirit, um, just that awareness of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And Graham's just going to share um, his first encounter with the Holy Spirit and how that looked for him. Yeah, I'm going to go back um, a long time, really. <laughs> um, I was 11, 12 years old. And I was aware that within our Sunday school, there was a real move amongst the children about wanting the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So after each Sunday school, we met in a a room, um, which was termed the upper room, which was very appropriate (laughs) for us. Um, And we would be there, maybe 20 young people, some teenagers, and one or two older people that sneaked in. Um, And we were praying, praying, and it went on for a number of weeks. One Sunday afternoon, and Philip's here, his mother prayed for me. She was a Sunday school teacher. And I felt that overwhelming love as we worshipped the Lord. And then suddenly speaking in a language I had not learned, didn't understand, but I just knew it was worship. I just knew I was worshipping and glorifying God. And this was a power coming into my life. So to me, it did one very important thing. Many people, when they give the testimonies, they can say, I can tell you the place, the time, the date where I gave my heart to the Lord. And I couldn't. I can't tell you. I understand I was around the age of four, but I cannot tell you where, how, or when. But when I received the Holy Spirit, I knew of a certainty that I belonged to God and that his spirit dwelt in me 
He'd done a work in me, even though I couldn't remember the day. Mm. So that was my real first encounter. Mm. And there's been many more on the journey. Fantastic. We're aware that some, for some people, their first encounter with the Holy Spirit is a dramatic encounter. They immediately start to speak in tongues, in a heavenly language. They, um, the, they may be what some would call slain in the Spirit or overcome by the Spirit. And that's their um, experience. And as we've talked about this, uh, I wanted to share my experience because my experience was um, quite different to that. Uh, I'd come to this church um, as an 18-year-old, and when I first came into um, this church, not this building, because it was through there in those days, but I came to this church, and I realized I was already Christian, but I realized people here were different. Um, They had something that I wanted. They had something more of God that I'd never experienced um, and didn't really uh, know or understand. And as I came along to meetings and worshipped with folks here, Some folks were speaking in tongues. Some people were experiencing and overwhelmed by the Spirit. And I recognized that was what it was. That was the difference. It was the Holy Spirit. But being the person that I am, I said to God, I don't want that. (laughs) I don't want the speaking in tongues. I don't want overwhelmed by the Spirit. But I want the Holy Spirit. And it's often said of God, he's a gentleman. And I absolutely wholeheartedly believe that. So from that point on, I decided I was going to pray every day. Holy Spirit, if you're real, I want to get to know you. Holy Spirit, if you're there and I need to do something, show me. Holy Spirit, if you're there, fill me. Do what you need to to do. But bear in mind what I've just said. I don't want any of that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And our God is so good. He's so gracious. So that was my prayer. Not one night, not two It rolled into two weeks, into three weeks, into four weeks. And that was my nightly prayer. Two o'clock in the morning, I woke up. I was aware of God's presence like I had never felt it before. I was overwhelmed by God. Um, I cried with tears of joy, tears of repentance, just that connection of a new way of living for God. Mm. Completely overwhelmed by it. Um, I stayed up all night just worshipping in my room and just praising God. And I was just completely overwhelmed, but in a gentle way. God the Holy Spirit met with me and he was so gracious in allowing me to meet with him in that way. Nothing was forced on me. Um, It was very quiet, just myself and God. I didn't go back to bed at all. I just stayed awake until I went um, to work the next day. And it was just, for me, a beautiful experience of the Holy Spirit. As Graham says, I've had many more encounters since then. And um, some would say met God, um, the Holy Spirit, more dramatically. But for me, that was just a gentle meeting with the Holy Spirit and some of you may have experienced um, sort of more like Graham or more like myself and we just wanted you to hear and to know that it can be um, in different ways. So we've experienced the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's come into our life. Um, What difference should it make now we've got the Holy Spirit in our life? Should it change us? Just following on from what you were saying Sue, um, 
I have a little kind of a, a visual illustration which might because for me it's it's about our attitude and whether we're willing to allow the Holy Spirit in. So if you just bear with me, you want to hold my microphone? probably better me doing it down here than one everybody can see it but also two I don't spill water all over myself or anybody else at the front um, so I've got this bowl of water and you just imagine that our heart or our life is like this sponge and this is this is this is another illustration that comes out of Alpha and a sponge often is is often very you know before it actually goes into water it's dry you could literally sit it on top of the water and yeah, one side gets wet and that's about it. And for some of us, our experience of the Holy Spirit is literally that. We've, we've had a, a touch of the Holy Spirit, but we haven't actually had a huge amount. And the more we allow God by his Holy Spirit, and the more we, we start to learn about him, and the more we start to soak ourselves in the Holy Spirit and spending time, you know, that, that thought, that, that beautiful thing that, that Sue was praying was, I want to know you. I want to get to know you. And then gradually over time, and sometimes it, it can happen very quickly, but literally what then happens is he fills us and, and that fills us as far as we're, we're wanting to be filled. Um, but what you then see happen is it starts to be, you know, we're, as we're filled, it actually flows back out of us as well. And so this, this beautiful kind of picture of the Holy Spirit wants to fill us. Now, we can face situations then that, you know, as we go through our lives, that, that, that squeeze us, that try and put pressure on us, and, and we feel like we're being drained out. And if, and if we, we then think, oh, well, I once, I once had an experience of the Holy Spirit years ago, we can end up becoming as dry as we were before. And it's that continual filling that we need on a daily basis, if necessary, that we just constantly come to that place of refreshing and renewal. I've got a wet hand now. <laughs> so be, being filled is um, a verse in scripture that just tells us, go on, be being filled. So it's an on, ongoing yeah. um, thing because we can get dry, we can get wrung out, but we want to the spirit to overflow so that would suggest that it should impact our lives people should see a difference in our lives they should see something I think for me one of the things particularly as I've got older the closer you get to the Holy Spirit the nearer you get to the Lord he sharpens really sharpens the our attitude when we're doing things wrong it really rings true our consciences are almost seared and you don't want to do anything wrong and to me that's something really precious about the Holy Spirit mm. he keeps us in touch with our Lord and Saviour but he sharpens our consciences and makes us more aware of who he is and how we want to worship him because of who he is thank you so one of the things we read about in the Bible as well is gifts of the Spirit and fruits of the Spirit. Is that something that comes with the Holy Spirit? Is that something that we should be aware of? 
Well, we're going to be touching on this, Sue, aren't we, in, the, in, in, in this series, so we won't go into it in too much detail. But the, the, there's, there's the scope of, of the, the operations of the Holy Spirit in our lives are so vast and, and so big, but two big areas that the Holy Spirit works in is both the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is there, big fancy word called sanctification, that he's sanctifying us, he's setting us apart, he's ba basically making us more like Jesus. Um, and, and that's part of the work of holiness that the Holy Spirit does uh, in our lives. Um, and that will be uh, our love walk and the purity of our lives. And, and what the Holy Spirit does is that our, our inward tastes change. Our experience of life and our perceptions of life change. So the things that we used to enjoy and we thought we found pleasure in before the Holy Spirit started uh, taking leadership of our lives starts to change. And our appetites and we start to have a hunger for the presence of God and for the word of God um, and, and for the things of God start to become more appealing uh, in our lives. I don't know if people have had an experience of reading the Bible and you're, you've, you've read familiar text many, many times, uh, and, and then you read the text again one day, and something illuminates, something pops out, and you go, oh my goodness me, I've never seen that there before, I've got lots of nodding of heads here, so, so people have seen, that is a work of the Holy Spirit, he illuminates, he brings internal personal revelation and illumination of the text of scripture into our lives and it's no longer truth on the page but it's truth in us and 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 and, and it's it's like a warmth or a fire that comes on the inside of us john wesley talked about that inner warming he he was reading the 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 luther's commentary to the romans can you think how how dry that must have been <laughs> Lu martin luther's commentary to the romans <laughs> And there was a moment where the Spirit of God came and he says that my heart was strangely warmed. There was, there was an illumination. So the Spirit of God takes the Word of God and makes it alive and our perceptions suddenly change and we see our world very differently. So the Spirit of God works th through us in many different ways. And so the whole process of sanctification, the fruit of the Spirit takes place and the shifts that move in our lives. But the gifts of the Holy Spirit is that moment of empowerment. So the Spirit of God brings sanctification or holiness, but the Spirit of God also brings power in our lives. Acts 2, wait in Jerusalem until you receive power from on high and so that the spirit of God enables us to do things which normal natural human ability isn't able to do and so that's where the gifts of the Holy Spirit uh, c come in but we're going I think we're going to be touching on some of that uh, during this series aren't we? Yeah we are we're going to look at um, gifts and um getting to know the Holy Spirit more. Um, so there's lots more going to unfold in the um, coming weeks. But anybody got anything else they'd just like to um, Yeah, I, I mean, just, just to kind of pick up on something that I, that I think was really important. I mean, for me personally, over the years, has become increasingly important, is that understanding. Because when, when it says in, in, in Romans 8, you know, that we are, uh, you are a child of God, that the Holy Spirit, Mm. gives you that confidence, mm. that identity that you know who you are. You are a child of God. And that not only that, but we are heirs 
of God, co-heirs with Christ. Um, Even as I was saying those words this morning, it, it hit me afresh. Just the power of that. That, you know, it's nothing about me, it's all about him. And and that's what he wants for each and every one of us. He wants us, I think if there's one thing all of us at some point will struggle with is our identity. Mm. Who am I? What am I here for? You are a, you can, are a child of God, a mm. co-heir with Christ. If you go away with nothing else other than that, that's what the Holy Spirit can give you the confidence to know tonight. Thank you. Yeah, just because eventually Ian and uh, the team will be talking about the gifts of the Spirit, just a testimony from this church. It's uh, some years ago, and I was leading on a Sunday morning meeting. The service was going great. The preacher was up, and I was sat down on the front row. But very clearly, I felt God dropping something into my heart that there was somebody within the congregation who was going to make a terrible decision after the service. And it just kept coming and coming and coming. The speaker kept going, and I, to put it bluntly, I argued with God. Firstly, I'm too nervous. What if I say something and it's wrong? And so I shook on the first row. Eventually, I I felt I had to give the... um, the message, and I said, there's someone here, I think it's a lady, you're going to go out and make an awful decision. And I left it at that. Now, if you've given a message like that, there is nobody going to come up to you and say, I think that's me. (laughs) (laughs) But you leave it with God. Mm. If God's put it there, Mm. honour God and trust him. Five years later, a lady came into church. She said, do you remember leading the service and saying somebody's going to make a bad decision? That was me. Mm. What you said so challenged me, I changed my mind and didn't go with the bad decision, which mm. would have been awful. Mm. We need to listen to God, the Holy Spirit. Mm. And then answer when he calls. And have faith to believe that he's using us according to his will and purposes. Because the glory goes back to him. Amen. Yeah. So, where does that leave us at the end of week one? (laughs) Um, Hopefully, you're already thinking, I want to know more of the Holy Spirit. I've heard this tonight and I want to know more. Maybe you're thinking, I'm a bit dry, a bit like that sponge. I'm a bit dry and I need re-soaking. Maybe you sat here tonight and you're thinking, I've never heard of the Holy Spirit before. What is that? I've heard of God, I've heard of Jesus, but I've never heard of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you want to get to know the Holy Spirit tonight. And we're going to take time to do that, to allow us all to explore what God wants to say to us. It may be, and we've heard in um, the Bible, it talks about um, the Holy Spirit in different ways, a still, small voice. And I believe that was how I encountered the Holy Spirit, a still, small voice. It talks about it as a mighty rushing wind. That's how Graham encountered the Holy Spirit. 
And so the Holy Spirit wants to meet with you tonight and he will meet you as you're ready to meet him. You may want to sit in your seats as we worship, open-handed and say, come, Holy Spirit, come. Come and meet with me in a new way, in a fresh way. Come, Holy Spirit, fill me anew tonight. But it may be that you want to say, um, would you come and pray with me? Would you stand with me? Would you seek the Holy Spirit with me and for me? And so the band are going to lead us in, um, in worship. And as they do that, um, this area at the front here, we'd like you to um, come forward when you feel ready. And ourselves from here, but also the prayer team, we will come and we will pray with you. So just come as we worship and come into this space here and just be open Be ready to what God wants to say, what God wants to do. And I know for some of you, that puts fear into you. You're saying, I'm not ready for this. (laughs) It's a bit scary, Sue. It is. It can be. But God is gentle. God is humble. God is real. And he says, just let me meet you where you're at tonight. So whether you sit where you are, whether you stand where you are, open-handed, come, Holy Spirit, come. A very simple prayer, but that's what I prayed for four weeks. Be open to what God wants to say, what God wants to do. And if you want, just come and stand at the front here and one of the prayer team will come alongside you and it's our privilege to pray for you. Let's worship together.